Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. To the women, to the Marthas, I don't believe that God is devaluing those things. It was the women who served that really supported his ministry on earth. Mm-hmm. It is the women that serve in our churches that support so many of the ministries that are ongoing today. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the great commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who does all of our financial accounting. Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained. And Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one's special occasion coming up and don't know what to get them? Well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to ChristinaPereira.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so happy to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader with me in the body of Christ. She is a Bible teacher, speaker, and the author of the new book, The 40-Day Feast, Taste and see the goodness of God's word. I have with me here today, Wendy Speak. Wendy, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Oh, thank you so much for being here with me today. I've loved reading through your book, The 40 Day Feast, and I thought it was a marvelous title because the word of God is such a feast. And, you know, sometimes I see Sometimes I see uh, spiritual-filled Christians talking more about fasting than talking about feasting on God's Word, and I think this is just such an important book. We need both, but it's so important to know the Word of God for ourselves because it's what makes us strong. So thank you for this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've shared a lot about you with our listeners. Can you share with them maybe something personal just to help get to know you? Uh, sure. Uh, you know, because you already mentioned that we focus on fasting maybe more than we do feasting, I think what I'll share about myself is that my journey to feasting on God's Word, though it began at a young age, um, and we'll we'll talk about some of those um, different times in my life and how I grew to um, engage with God and His Word, really This idea of feasting came out of a prolonged season of fasting 
mm-hmm. was while ministering to women online and specifically moms um, who struggle with angry reactions with their kids. Mm-hmm. I had written a book called Triggers, Exchanging Parents' Angry Reactions for Gentle Biblical Responses. So we were working specifically in seeking God in his word, inviting him into those triggered moments, learning from his word, learning from his example in how he parents us when we are wayward and disobedient and triggering to a father. Anyway, it was in the context of that conversation that I actually, and I would say off the cuff, I was not being super spiritual. I said, what would happen if we set down sugar for 40 days? Would we be able to be calmer? kinder, more consistent with our kids, um, physiologically what would happen. And I had in mass just so many people say, oh, I've got a sugar problem. Yes, I read the sugar. But within the very early days of that first 40-day sugar fast, we realized this is not a physical detox. This is a spiritual fast. In lieu of running from sugar high to sugar high to get us through our days, we started turning intentionally to the most high Mm. to get us through our days. And so what we discovered is fasting from something should always learn and lead us to feasting. Mm. Laying down what we're turning to is fasting, but we do that to open up space and make us aware that we have been turning to the wrong substance instead of the one who is our substance and our sustenance. And learning to feast on his presence, his holy communication, his loving kindness, and his loving correspondence. And so that's how I got to this place of very intentional feasting and inviting my Jesus-hungry friends to feast with me. Mm, I love that so much, Wendy. That's beautiful. I love that. Well, I, since this is revealing Jesus, I have to ask you how you met our beautiful Savior Jesus. Well, like you, I was um, I was raised in the truth of His presence, um, and so experiencing His presence was a very natural transition for me at a young age, and so I got to continue growing in the understanding that he isn't um, far off. He is right there. And I would say by the time I was 12, I had had a desire to know him in his word. Um, But I would say that the story of coming to faith was more one of growing in faith. Mm. You can come to faith at five or at seven, and then at nine realize Oh, I was supposed to confess my sins and be forgiven, you know, because it was more this understanding of God loves me so much that he sent Jesus to live in my heart, but not understand the sin and and depravity and separation from God and and the sacrificial uh, death of Jesus on our behalf. So I just kept growing. It was like layers and layers of um, a beautiful gift. Mm, I love that. Slowly got to open up. And I did at nine accept his gift of salvation for the forgiveness of my sins and anything that might have separated me from a right relationship with God, Father, as well as I could as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 
more so at 12 and more so at 16, more so at 18. But it was in my young adult years when I actually did struggle with sin um, that I think I really understood our Savior. I think that we are so afraid of sin and we should definitely turn from sin. But what a gift when we finally come face to face with our depravity, with our need for saving, I should say. Because mm. that's when we really get to know the Savior, right? Mm-hmm. The concept of a Savior is a wonderful concept. The reality of having been saved, that's a whole next level. And then getting to the place where we are maturing and being sanctified by spending time with our Savior. And that's really what this conversation will be about, I think. That levels us up again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always a journey. Um, I love the way Paul puts it. Those of us who are saved and are being saved, being sozoed there in the Greek is the word for saved, healed, delivered, preserved, kept safe from evil. It's all of those things. And absolutely, as we grow in our journey with the Lord, he's constantly working in our lives. The moment we say yes to him, this beautiful and wonderful thing begins to to transpire inside of us. And the more that we uh, develop that personal relationship with him, the more that we see the transformation. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I loved your book. Um, you know, it's interesting. This morning I woke up thinking about baby birds. And I'm a mama, too. And um, so I was thinking about how much of our social media influence and places of influence, it's like we attract these little baby birds who are hungry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, typically we will give them what we have. You know, the mamas will regurgitate what they've ingested themselves and give it to their babies. But at the same time, we have to teach our babies how to hunt for their own worms. And I loved your book. And I, I feel like this is a great way to teach those little baby birds how to hunt and eventually to leave the nest. And, I just want to share this quick story real quick because it is coming up on my heart. You know, I have an eight-year-old little girl, and she often gets mad at me because I require her to do things like put away her own laundry or set the table. And I've done a really good job of making her feel comfy in this nest. (laughs) But then once they get a little bit older, and I know that you know this, Wendy, and all these mamas out there are going to relate to this. We start requiring things of them. We start uh, teaching them. And she often gets mad at me and I say, listen, my job is to make you a wonderful human being someday who knows how to cook, knows how to do their laundry, knows how to hold down a job, knows how to have a relationship with God. And I'm excited because, you know, as a mama, there's nothing greater than to see our kids walking in the fullness of who God created them to be. Yes. Yes, man, I love it. As soon as you said that you had this this picture of baby birds uh, and preparing them to leave leave the nest, as soon as you said that, and you had said that to me before we hit record on this podcast conversation, and the word regurgitate is mm-hmm. what came to my mind. And that's not just why we follow specific good and godly influencers on social media. I mean, that's why we attend Tuesday morning Bible study and Sunday morning church. Mm-hmm. Would you please, Lord, have this minister regurgitate what they've feasted on mm-hmm. so that I might understand your word? And that is good. 
mm-hmm. as we begin to grow. And it's good as we become mature. But when that is the fullness of our feasting, mm-hmm. is regurgitated, um, you know, scriptures, we're not yet feasting for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm reminded of the scripture that says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And that's an invitation not to learn about him because somebody else sought him and found him. It is an invitation from God himself and through those ministers mm-hmm. to come to his word, open it up. And ingest it and digest it with the help of his Holy Spirit. You know, the one who wrote the word is the Holy Spirit. The one who enables us to understand what we're reading is also the Holy Spirit. And so this is an invitation for us to grow some, um, to grow up, I guess, and to grow Mm -hmm. stronger in our sanctification and maturing process so that we are ready to soar with him. And leave the nest. And that doesn't mean missing church. And that doesn't mean not going to Tuesday morning Bible study or, you know, signing up for a daily emailed um, devotional or purchasing a book or tuning into Christina's podcast. You st- that's supplemental. Mm-hmm. But supplemental is additional. But God becomes the supplier mm. of the feast itself. So we're going to talk this morning just about what gets in the way, maybe, of us feasting and finding for ourselves that God is actually wanting to have a conversation directly with us. And that's the worm, right? That's what we're mm-hmm. wanting to learn to feast on, and that we don't become or remain dependent on the feasting of others. Mm -hmm. So good, Wendy. It's, you know, I oftentimes I I see believers and as a mama, like we want them to be strong and healthy. And, you know, I, the hardest thing I think for me as a mama is seeing people deceived. And, you know, it's, I love what you said about it. Uh, God becomes the source and then all of these things become supplements. Yes. And so if we know the word of God for ourselves, if we then encounter something that's not good, we'll be able to say, ah, 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 I don't, I'm not going to eat that, you know? Um, and it keeps us from deception. It keeps us from being hurt and used and all kinds of those things, which God doesn't want for his children either. Now with such a constant barrage of this relative truth, um, through media um, and politics and just all of it, that anyone can redefine truth with a capital T mm-hmm. to a lowercase t. You know, we're we're editing what is true, and everyone's allowed to redefine definitions. Um, this is the time more than ever. We must know what God's word says is true so that even when our pastors and those we follow online that seem to be our leaders tell us, oh, well, this is what God says. We will say, oh, I was in God's word this morning. This isn't a matter of interpretation. This is actually 
a clear speaking God and I know how to read it for myself and hear from him for myself. But I'm, I'm guessing that you have many listeners that are saying, okay, agreed, except I don't know how to do that. And so that is what we're here to address is many of us don't know how to read God's word. And we have grown dependent on the regurgitated, you know, feast, the regurgitated worms. We are still in the nest because we don't know how to feast for ourselves, feast and find. Um, so I think that what I'd love to do, Christine, if you don't mind, is I would love to give just a couple of the simple ways that I have learned uh, practices, best practices for starting this journey of engaging with God for oneself in the word. Mm. And it starts with um, kind of a pre-eating plan. <laughs> you know, before we sit down to a, a feast or once we sit down, but before we eat, what do we do? We pray before we eat. One of the most helpful things that I have found in learning to study God's word for myself is to pray. I had a pastor for quite a few years and he would take the, take the stage at church and put his hands on either side of the podium and he would look out at the congregation and he would say, he would ask, did you come to hear from the Lord this morning? Mm-hmm. And then he would pause and we would all, I mean, even though he did this every week, week in and week out, it was still like a pointed question that we had to do something with. And I would in that space have to come to terms with, did I, did I wrangle three kids and strap them into car seats and throw all the dishes in the sink and holler at people to grab their shoes so that I could hear from the Lord this morning? Is that why I'm here? And I would have to ready my heart for the feast. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's why I'm here, God. I've come to hear from you. And so it started around that time that when I would open up my Bible, I would have to ask that same question. Wendy, did you come to hear from the Lord this morning? And so I started praying, God, I've come to hear from you. Give me ears to hear you. Give me eyes to see you. Give me a mind to perceive you. Give me a heart to experience your love and give me the will to love you back. And not merely be a reader of your word, but a, but a doer of your word. Mm-hmm. And so I would I, I would encourage you, if you are not a consistent Bible reader, you might be a Bible believer, but not a Bible reader. Start with, before you read, ready your heart. Ask the Lord with some simple prayer. God, I am here. Teach me wonderful things from your word. Mm-hmm. Things that I do not yet understand. Before I open your word, God, help me to open my heart to your word and to the one who is the word made flesh. The second practical Bible reading skill, whether you understand the the big arc, the narrative of the Bible message or not, let me encourage you to slow down when you're reading. Even if you have this Bible reading plan in front of you and you're checking literal boxes, don't allow yourself to check the box of Bible reading. I went to um, to Israel about four years ago with a couple of other authors and Bible teachers, and we had this incredible uh, tour guide. And as he would drive this little minivan around with us, 
he would have us read passages from the word, sometimes whole chapters. And he would say, once we started reading, slowly read it slowly. Mm-hmm. And then we would start again and slow it down. And again, he would apply his foot for the brakes and he would raise his hand off the steering wheel and he would say, slow down. This is God's word spoken to you. And as you read, it's more important to read it, believing that this is God speaking to you than thinking you need to consume and gobble down some big passage of scripture. Because if we just ingest it quickly and move on into our days, we will move on with more indigestion than transformation. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that. So read slowly. And then the last bit of encouragement. And really all of them require a slow pace. Not a big meal, but a slow pace for feasting is at the end of that passage or Bible verse or chapter or book of the Bible. Ask three simple questions. God, what did you reveal to me about who you are? What did you reveal to me about who I am? And how should I live different, sanctified? transformed, more intentionally obedient because of what I read, because of what you revealed. So those are just a couple of simple strategies that you can teach, Christina, your daughter. Mm -hmm. But we can also, as women in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, say, I can grow stronger muscles. I can grow stronger muscles in that spiritual discipline of Bible reading, I can learn to feast for myself and not just rely upon regurgitated messages from pastors and podcasters. Oh God, wouldn't you want that for me? Get ready to take your faith to the next level. As you sit at Jesus' feet, your faith will grow as you hear his word, commune with him in prayer, and feast upon his faithfulness. In this beautiful journal, you can record your time with God. It includes 52 weekday entries, which can be used as a week or a day, depending on your preference. Record the scripture you're reading, your response to it in prayer, and a journal page plus an answered prayer section to record Jesus' faithfulness. Grab your colored pencils and Bible and be sure to get creative with the images. This journal will be a powerful memorial of your relationship with a living and loving Savior. Be sure to pick up a copy of At the Feet of Jesus Worship and Prayer Journal today. Links in the show notes, or you can find a copy at Amazon or ChristinaPereira.org slash store. Thank you so much for sharing those. Yes, that was actually my next question. Um, you said something, one of the passages the Lord highlighted to to me is, and you said this in your book in the uh, dry bone section, you said, God is always speaking, but we refuse to listen when we refuse to read. Mm-hmm. And if I could just add, when we refuse to sit down with him, you know, I, I love that story of Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus says to um Martha, he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this generation right now, um, I'm excited because the Lord is raising the Marys. 
Yes, I agree with you. The ones who've sat at his feet and have feasted on his word and have taken his word and become balanced and pure and can nurture others. Mm. And it's so important that we do that. And one of my favorite practices is just sitting down and I just have this simple phrase. I just say, Lord, here I am. Mm. Here I am. You know, and we just have this morning meeting, <laughs> mm-hmm. this morning feasting. And, you know, I I love what you said about uh, replacing the feast uh, or replacing the fasting with the feasting and turning to him. Oftentimes in the afternoon when I'm tired, um, I'll sit down and I call it a love break. I'll just sit down and I'll say, here I am, Lord, I'm exhausted. It's three o'clock. Love me. <laughs> Because I just can't go on anymore the rest of the day until you come and you refresh me with your word. And uh, it's such a beautiful thing. When you said that you're, and I call it a a pre-Bible reading plan, because so often I think we're like, somebody give me a Bible reading plan. Pre-Bible reading plan, which is that praying before you eat. Here I am. And I'm reminded of the, the lyrics to the song, Here I Am to Worship. Mm-hmm. Um, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. Mm-hmm. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. I don't know when that was. Yeah, I don't know. That's one of my favorite songs. Though. But I, I, feel <laughs> like I've, I feel like even before that was written, that's been... Um, the prayer of my heart. And so I would invite Mm -hmm. those of you listening to pray that simple prayer, whether it's Christina's prayer, here I am, or the prayer that is these lyrics, here I am to worship. Mm -hmm. Here I am to bow down. I love that story of Mary and Martha. um, And I'm encouraging us to slow down. Mm -hmm. And so many of us are Bible believers, but not yet Bible readers. It requires sitting down. It requires intentionally opening up the word to read the word, to engage with God who is the word. But I would say it requires slowing down to do any of these things. How do we slow down and say, here I am? We choose it. We have to choose it. Yeah. It's, it's not always, I will tell you as a, as a wife, as a mama, as a ministry leader, as a homemaker, as all of those things, I have to set other things aside and say, this is the one thing. This is the only th- of, of all of everything I do today. The Lord says, this is the only thing that's required. Yes. Well, and it says there are many things. Mm-hmm. He says to, to Mary, there are many things that are causing you to be anxious that you're concerned about. And remember the things that she was doing. Were things actually that needed to get done? Mm-hmm. Said to the women, to the Marthas, I don't believe that God um, is devaluing those things. It was the women who served that really supported His ministry on earth. Mm-hmm. It is the women that serve in our churches that support so many of the ministries that are ongoing today. And yet it is this really kind, not shaming, but kind invitation to remember at the forefront of our ministering busy lives mm-hmm. that only one thing is necessary. 
Mm-hmm. And that is to slow down, to sit down, to bow down, to open up our hearts and then open up his word. And so that's the invitation before we, um, we ever get to the place where we are strong enough and able to feast for ourselves mm-hmm. and not just receive the regurgitated messages and mm-hmm. nutrients from God's word, from pastors and podcasters and blog post writers. We must intentionally choose the one thing, and mm-hmm. that is <laughs> to sit at the feet of Jesus for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's so good, Wendy. Yes, what I've found in just my own walk with him is I will oftentimes take whatever is standing out to me in a book I read or in, in a blog post or a podcast I'm listening to. And if it's really hitting my heart and it's really standing out to me that he's really speaking about this on something, I will then go take that thing and I will bring it to the feet of Jesus. And I will say, okay, Lord, what else do you want to say about this particular topic? Because I've just found in my own walk that he's always got so much to say. And when we when we bring those little pieces of regurgitated things and we bring him to his feet and we allow him to speak into them, he can then elaborate on them and he can make it personal for us. And he can say, yes, this is what I'm saying to you in this. This is what I'd like to show you here. And here in that place of that intimate relationship, we can then grow stronger and wiser and bolder and uh, come away with uh, so much more than we brought into that moment. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. This has been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, before we go, I'd like to pray for our listeners today. Father, I thank you so much for your kindness. I thank you that it is the kindness of God to set a feast for every single one of us. So we thank you for that opportunity. And Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for Wendy and her new book and her ministry, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you are inviting each and every one of us to this feast. There is not one excluded. No one is too great. No one is too small. We thank you for the opportunity, God, that we have to sit at your feet every single day. And my prayer is this for our listeners, that we would be able to choose the one thing, to sit at your feet, to feast on your word, to go strong and bold, that we may accurately show this world who Jesus truly is. And all these things I pray in Jesus' name. Well, I hope and I pray today's podcast has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast and resources in the show notes on cpnshows.com under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. There you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Wendy Speak. And don't forget to pick up a copy of her new book, The 40-Day Feast. Taste and see the goodness of God's word. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. 
Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.